Welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm Swan, one of the original Chihuahua Bats. The other Chihuahua Bat, Mala, will be joining me in a couple of weeks when she gets back from her vacation in Wisconsin. All right. In Wisconsin, um, besides being a Chihuahua Bat, I'm a retired educator of the public classroom. I taught 29 years. Espanol, I used to say on a good day, I actually got to teach some Espanol. Um, I retired in 2018 with two goals in mind. One, I wanted to advocate for the teachers still in the classroom, um, talk about trends and issues, challenges they face, and basically be a voice for their story. And two, I wanted to write and publish a book about part of my teaching journey. So in 2019, I published my first book, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, this book kind of highlights a five-year period in my teaching journey where I found the word challenging, did not even describe the physical space <laughs> I found myself in. And so when I realized this was just gonna be my reality for a year or more, I had a decision. I could complain about it or I could find a solution. And so I did. I like to tell people if you're facing a challenge, and many are this year with the pandemic, if you read my story, you're gonna feel a little bit better about the challenge you're facing today. So, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on Amazon or on my webpage, chihuahuabat.com. So these last series of podcasts, I've been reaching out to friends and colleagues who impacted my journey in teaching. And so today, I'm excited to introduce and get to talk to Dr. Jeannie Johnson, and she is the Assistant Superintendent of Administrative Services uh, in the Midway Independent School District. And so just a little geography, Midway's in Hewitt. Hewitt is a sub suburb of Waco. So we're talking about Central Texas. So first I wanna say welcome. Thank you so much, I'm happy to be here. Oh, really I'm really excited. I'm so glad you're doing this. And I'm gonna let you explain your job title because it sounds overwhelming to sure. me. <laughs> I think the easiest thing to say is if you think of a assistant principal duties on campus, that's what I do at the district level. Okay. Um, I don't have um, much in the curriculum instruction world. Most of mine is all the other stuff is what I would call that. So um, my the best part about my job is that I get to spend my time uh, making sure that we have a good culture and a good environment so that we remove any impediments that would cause students not to be able to learn. So um, over culture of the schools, discipline, things like that, um, safety and security, uh, work with our homeless populations, our uh, foster students, counselors, the health and safety, uh, nurses, Wow. Certainly, all things COVID fall, fall <laughs> within this uh, realm. Big time this year, yes. Certainly. Well, cool. All right. So you and I met in 2010 um, when you were the principal at Robinson High School, and I was actually interviewing with you. But I want to go back to the beginning, and let's talk about where it started for you, like student teaching, where were you, what sure. were you doing? Yes. I graduated from Texas Tech in 1987, so that fall oh. of 87 is when I did my student teaching. And my goal when I first started college was more of being a um, child development specialist or okay. maybe up in a daycare. But as I got yeah. more into it, I changed my major several times and uh, ended up student teaching kindergarten and sixth grade. Uh, when I moved back to the Waco area, my mother was working at Baylor so I could work on my master's for free tuition nice. and uh, got a job at Robinson mm -hmm. uh, teaching kindergarten. 
and had had, uh, it was a brand new kindergarten classroom, so I had purchased everything, and about two weeks before school started, uh, they had the head coach leave, and all the coaches moved up into other positions, and right. they desperately needed a coach. They had another kindergarten teacher they could place in there, so they just asked me if I would switch over and do coaching. It was never in my plan, but I loved it. Right. Uh, enjoyed that a lot, and uh, got my master's at Baylor in uh, counseling. And that's what I thought I was going to do. And then it evolved later into uh, just an alternative certification for principalship. Right. And so I became a principal of the sixth grade center in 2000. And then the next year that campus shut down and I went to the elementary for five years in Robinson. Okay. And then from there worked on my doctorate and kind of did some adjunct teaching and internship, right. uh, supervising for a couple of years. And right. came back to Robinson as the high school principal. Um, did right. that for four years and then took this job as assistant superintendent at Midway. Right. And so, so that's my career in a that's nutshell. That's your career in a nutshell. And so um, so when you started out, you didn't envision yourself being an administrative? Absolutely you, not. Not I ever. Didn't. My, I didn't even know why I was going to college because I kept telling my parents <laughs> the only thing I wanted to do was to be a mother. And that yeah. still is my, was my number one goal and it's still right. my, the bright spot in my life yeah. is having my children and now yeah. grandchildren. Yeah, I agree. So along the way, was there someone who was a particular mentor or a positive influence that guided you, know, you, or maybe several people? The I great thing for me is, you know, it's a small school. I graduated from Robinson, so when I came back and immediately started coaching, those same people that I loved um, as mm -hmm. a student, because right. I had such a great student experience, right. were still there. So there's so many, I couldn't even name them all. Right. But um, the, my principal in high school became the superintendent, and then I worked under him, and I, could, I just couldn't have been more blessed. So right. there were many people looking out for me uh, okay. during that time. I yeah. think probably my biggest inspiration came from my dad, who... Aww. Uh, was not in education, but he was in um, VA hospital administration. And just oh. hearing his stories of working with people and dealing with people, okay. he he never minced his words. He was very direct, but he did it with kindness and compassion, right. and he cared about people. And I feel like that's what I've modeled my leadership style after. Wow. Okay. So you and I met in 2010, and, and I think I shared with you finally that um, when I, I got a phone call from a, a Jeannie Johnson, who was a principal at Robinson, and I'd never heard of Robinson, and her best friend had given you know you my resume, and I was just thinking, what the heck do I know a Jeannie? <laughs> do I know no a Tammy? And I thought, how does this person even know I teach? Because I had you know I thought I had retired um, at the time, and I remember going home to my husband, going, I had the weirdest phone call today, and I said, I, I'm racking my brain. I don't know a, a Jeannie or a Tammy, but I said. How do they have my resume? And he was kind of like, that might be my fault. So, <laughs> so then I felt so bad. I was like, I've got to call this lady back and apologize because I thought my colleagues were really playing a prank on me. So anyway, but, um, and I had retired and he had taken a position in Waco and, and I thought, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do in Waco. But I remember you saying, if you just come look at my school, I know you'll fall in love with it. And, and so I did. I remember going to the interview, and, and I did. I just sort of fell in love with it because um, I had never really done small before, and I really enjoyed that. But I also want to say what I thought was really great about the experience was just your positive outlook. Mm -hmm. And no matter what came our way, you had a positive spin, and I think that's really important. I think a lot of um, leaders miss that somewhat. I think they get so caught up in the job, and the job is immense, overwhelming that they kind of lose sight of the positive. Mm -hmm. So 
that's what I wanted to thank you for that because I really like working in a positive environment because I think the job is hard enough. <laughs> that's right. Thank you for is. saying that because it really was my probably a pretty explicit uh, goal of mine was to not only make it a great place um, for learning and for fun, but a place where the kids wanted to be. Right. But you can't accomplish that if it's a place where the teachers are exactly. not where they want to be. And exactly. so um, right. one of my favorite books is yep. If You Don't Feed the Teachers, They'll Eat the Students, you know. And I, yep. I took that to heart. I mean, there's some silly things that I did um, right. probably that not everybody loved. But my goal was always to right. celebrate successes of teachers and to really promote that and to, right. to give them opportunities to meet together and talk together and uh, plan together and, um, yeah. you know, those little things of saying thank you or right. finding ways to celebrate um, is what I tried to do. Yeah. Because times are hard and teaching is hard and um, yeah. administration's hard. It is. Um, but what we do is just so important right. and the impact we make is... right. Well, you just I, can't measure it. I want to say that's invaluable. I was just talking to some people recently who had been former teachers and had left the profession, and the one thing that came out of their mouth was, I, I just didn't like my principal. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh, dear, here we go, you know, because mm -hmm. I think, you know, positive leadership is really important, like you said, to develop the culture. Okay, so teaching versus administration. Which one do you like the best, or can you? Yeah, I, I think administration for me. Okay. Um, I enjoyed teaching so much, and uh, especially coaching, just the uh, impact that you can make on kids and the deep right. relationships they can form. It's more like a mentoring role yes. um, with competitiveness, wanting to win, and all that right. kind of stuff. But the lessons you learn there are just so great. But yeah. I, I do believe I'm a better administrator than I was a teacher, and I think it's just because of the strengths that God gave me okay. um, that that just lend themselves to, to, you know, being in that administrative role. So um, I do enjoy, I adjunct teach at the college level. I do okay. enjoy doing that, but it's not something that I want to do full time. Right. I like the craziness of administration, um, just the never knowing what's going to happen that day, uh, multitasking and having to know a lot about like a lot of things. Solving. <laughs> right. Problem solving, yes. Right, right. Right. Okay, yeah, well, I, I would say I guess you get a lot of that, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. which brings us to this year. I know that um, with the pandemic, it's caused a lot of, I want to say, challenges, mm -hmm. and so you guys open virtual, right? We open both. Um, okay. Parents had a choice of virtual or face-to-face, -face and 30%, or about 32%, okay. chose to stay home, and every six weeks they can change, okay. um, but I think there were people that were apprehensive, and so I was glad that we were able to give them a choice. Right. There and are about 68% are on our campuses, and they, we just started okay. on Monday. So even on the high school level, you have? Yes. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, I know that I was talking with another colleague, and I think they chose not to even open campuses till like September eighth, so everything mm -hmm. was like virtual. So yes. they were they were really freaking out a little bit <laughs> about that. Okay, so new teacher coming into the profession, what do you say to them? I say to them to. Um, <laughs> Use mm -hmm. the things that you learned, but know that right. you're not going to learn until you've been on the job. And so okay. um, seek out help. Don't think that you have to know it all. Right. And in some ways, sometimes you have to forget some of the stuff that you had to do in college. Because, for instance, writing a lesson plan that takes you, right. you know, all day on Sunday to do for one thing. Yes. In college, you have to do that. But 
once you get to the school setting, you have to learn to tweak those things and you have to right. be okay with that. Okay. Um, and then rely on your team because every, everywhere I know, there's teams of people that plan together right. and you don't have to do it alone. And if there sure. should be a good mentoring program, I would seek out a, a campus or a district that has right. a good mentoring program um, where your team can help you in the planning right. and uh, be vulnerable and know you're gonna make mistakes and be okay with that and uh, give yourself right. lots of grace and yeah. just you know do the best you can and know it does get better right. if you base everything on that first year you're not going to stay very long that's true yeah i know um i talked to several people who i think you know by year three they thought i just can't do it anymore and mm -hmm. i said well you know who who do you go to because one of the things you know when i was standing in my chaos is i had a group of um crazy rowdy colleagues and <laughs> we met every morning we started out just drinking coffee and you know collecting our thoughts but as my situation became crazier and crazier, um, they were kind of my salvation. And it was very, you know, cross-curricular. Um, and so, and there was a lot of humor, you know, teachers, you know, we like to make fun of things. And so that was kind of my salvation for coming into this dark period of, because I'll just, I was sort of in a warehouse, you yes. know, and I had old industrial arts machinery in there and they're like keep the kids off of that yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had nothing all I had was you know the desk and the kids and me and then eventually some supplies would trickle in this is way before technology so um, and then the the flip side is I was sharing that space you know with theater arts so here's language and we're very vocal and oral and here's theater arts obviously you know not a quiet subject and we also had um just with a little paneled wall separating us, the clinic. And at the time, the clinic didn't even have a ceiling. So um, lots of interesting, interesting things going on. And so when, when you're, initially when you do it, you know, in teaching, you're like, well, the first six weeks is a blur. Mm -hmm. There are no expectations there. But after that, you're kind of like, well, can I get a chalkboard? Can I get something, <laughs> you yes. know, something here? So anyway, I wanted to say, you know, we called ourselves the Breakfast Club, and that was really, my salvation when I thought I'm gonna go crazy here mm -hmm. you know and so I like to say to people you have to find a group or just one person where you can just close the door invent get it out brainstorm because I think sometimes people have a tendency to isolate you know they're feeling badly and I think that's kind of the worst thing that I you would agree and when I read you. your book that's exactly what I thought because you had an ability to um, <laughs> vent yes, yes with a group that you were meeting with because we face it we we really spend more time at work than we do with our own family so you have to find a, a place to belong and um yeah. you know mold with with right. another group yeah. and i that's what i saw in that but it wasn't right. just a complaint group it wasn't like you sat around complaining we you did. ended up laughing and finding joy in we those did. horrible circumstances that we i can't did. even imagine I know. but um yeah. you know i hope that no teacher is faced with something like that oh, ever again after hearing about your case in your book but if you do find yourself in a hard place I think what you said at the very beginning is so true yeah. is to find those bright spots learn to advocate in a right. way right. Um, where you speak up when you need to continue right. to seek out those things because students deserve that oh yeah absolutely and I remember going home people were like why didn't you quit and I said well it didn't dawn on me to leave those students hanging you know mm -hmm. they didn't create the situation you know it didn't dawn on me to do that um and i want to say another positive you know that came out of the breakfast club is it 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 sort of opened up cross-curricular 
um, teaming. And so we sort of came together and I felt like, you know, well, you're doing endangered species, you know, in biology. I can certainly translate that into mm -hmm. Spanish. So that kind of opened the cross-curricular alignment for me, which I really enjoyed. Um, I think vertical alignment is very important as well, but I thought the cross-curricular sort of enhanced. It what is. I, was I, doing. I think it makes the connections in the brains for the kids too. I do too. I mean, there's research behind that that just says yeah. when you can connect one discipline to yeah. another, yeah. then they're going to really internalize it yeah. more. I remember one time they were doing some kind of experiment like pressure. I want to say it might have been in physics. This is very basic, and they were they had like a soda can and they were putting like pressure on it. And it'll pop open. And so I thought, well, you know, we can do that in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So we did our little refrescos, and so they loved it. And, of course, they got to drink a soda in Spanish class. Yes. <laughs> so really, but That's they were like, plus. that was, and they were like, oh, now I get what Mr., you know, uh, Phillips was saying about uh -huh. pressure. So I thought, you know, how cool to do it, you know, from the lens of different courses. I thought that was nice. So anyway, okay. So um, for you, you've been in administration since okay. 2010. 2010, okay. And so, no. Gosh, no. I'm, you got, yeah. Since 2000. It's 20 years, not 10 years. Okay. I've been doing administration for 20, 20 years. Sorry. Years. Wow. So, <laughs> plan to continue, plan to. So, I could have retired last summer, and I'm just, um, mm -hmm. I still really enjoy what I do, right. and I'm just going to ride this COVID year out and see, see how things go. go. There you go. Um, I'm not ready to retire completely. I think I would. No, you know, there you, may be a point where I do something different, right, but um, right. for right now, this is the position for me, and I'm really enjoying it. And especially, yes. I love challenges, and so well, this, you got one this year. <laughs> I do have a huge challenge, and there have been times that even for me, with my uh, glass half full, right. Pollyanna rainbows and butterflies type personality right. that even has for me been very daunting there have been days where I think I don't think we can do this but um, we've yeah. overcome we've started school it still is going to continue to be issues I think all year long it will be I do as but well. um, I am enjoying the challenges and recreating some things uh, I get bogged down when it's just the same old same old okay so. all right so if there's a teacher who's considering you know going into admin what would you say beware <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I, I think the hardest job is teaching. I um, do. I do. The, it's just the day in and the day out with the uh, the students and um, just the, the, the level of responsibilities that, that right. you have to do are, are just huge. Right. Um, and you don't have much of a break. When I want to go to the bathroom, I can. And teachers have to yeah, kind of wait for their turn. That's true. So, um, mm -hmm. it, you know, I wouldn't go into it um, to get out of teaching. I would go into it if I had the strength to go into leadership. Okay. I've seen some that go in that it wasn't the right step for them. And there's right. many different ways to lead. Sure. And so um, that's one thing that we're doing in our district is to try to create an environment where uh, teachers like you, Susan right. Stanford, uh, <laughs> could lead out and and, right. and do some additional things yes. that would um, feed that spirit within you. Um, right. To, to develop other people and to mentor and to right. to be a resource for people who desperately need that. True. So um, I wouldn't just go into administration thinking, well, I want to step up or I want to make mm -hmm. more money. Yeah. I would do it only if that's really where my strengths were. I would yeah. seek out and find what you love, what makes you go what right. makes you tick, what are your passions, right. and what are you really, really good at. Wow. All right. Um, so I just want to say that you know, in my 29 years, I had two great principles 
one was a, a Dr. Karen Rainey when I was in the Tyler School District, and the other was you. Thank and you. So, That's so sweet. No, no, it's really true. And I just want to say I can't thank you enough because you had a positive outlook. I know you walked in, you know, when you walk into a high school, you're presented with challenges. And so, um, and like, like a Chihuahua bat, I consider you a Chihuahua bat, you stepped up, right, <laughs> and found the positive. And uh, it, it really means a lot to me. So I just want to thank you. Well, thank so, you. You yes. were one of the uh, bright spots, and I knew when I hired you that I that I had gotten lucky, <laughs> and we were really yeah. proud to have you come uh, uh, to our campus. Thank you. Yeah, I was sorry to see you leave, but I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a bigger challenge. So anyway, well, I want to thank um, Dr. Johnson for visiting with me today, and I always like to end uh, my sessions with Dare to Be a Chihuahua Bat.